Welcome back to the Retro Novel Pod, a nostalgia and pop culture podcast where we discuss things from our past, present, and future. I am Toby, a robot sent from the future to tell you to buy stocks in Retronomicon April 12th, 2021. And always with me, my insider trading god, Sir Rick. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, dude? Good. I didn't know we went public yet. I thought we were still private, but uh, I guess today's the day. I've been to the future. I'm coming back to tell people we blow the fuck up. It's on my vision wall. Right, but you're talking about stocks, and that's, you know... I meant, like, to... metaphorically. Like, Oh, whew. Hi. Yeah. We're going to be so rich. What's up, man? In... How are you? Things good? Oh, always good. Well, I mean... Yeah, I haven't stubbed my toe in, like, a couple months. Well, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> you know? But otherwise, uh, like, we're just trying to get through the pandemic, buy a house in Colorado, and it sucks, you know? So what do I do? I venture into the past, and I start fucking with shit that made me happy when I was a child. And you know what? Yeah. It does okay. Kind of like how heroin lasts for a little bit, and then eventually I'm just back into the deep, dark sadness of reality. It's, it's a real heroin. conundrum, life. <laughs> so- the irony of uh, stubbing your toe is that you're knocking on wood, which is typically good work, good luck. So, just a thought. Mm. Mm. I I feel that that was like dangerously close to me wanting to quit again. But let's move <laughs> past it. Let's get on. <laughs> Go talk to HR. Uh, let's do the weird question of the week. Oh, um, look, after last week's, I just I I might. I might have to find somebody else. No, 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 no. The werewolf question actually turned out good. It's what we make of it, my friend. I just, yeah. Your therapist must be in a world of hurt. <laughs> I thought you were my therapist, and that's what this was. I'm really cheap, apparently. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, this kind of works. Uh, is Easter Halloween's opposite holiday? I yes. mean, yes, of course. <laughs> Like there's there's a common sense answer, bro. It's literally a day made for a zombie. It's zombie day. That I mean, okay, maybe it's not the it's opposite holiday. It's like in the opposite side of the year, but it's really not that far, huh? No, it's about six months, a little under six months, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think we're about six. Yeah, it's its opposite year holiday. I would say. That for sure. The question in is is it Halloween's opposite holiday? I'm thinking okay, so logistically, yeah, it's it's halfway, so yeah. But like considering that you kind of get free candy on both holidays and you get dressed up for both. Both of them deal with zombies. So many zombies. So yes, if you took if you took Easter. God damn it. You and you and making me answer logically. Okay. <laughs> if you took Easter and thought mm-hmm. about it as Easter mm-hmm. and the religious holiday that it is, I think it would be because like Halloween is like a super pagan, dark, satanic style, which whatever it started as and whatever it turned into. I'm not talking about that. 
And then you have Easter, which is like the complete opposite in the way that it's celebrated and how it's viewed. Yeah, I mean, it would probably be opposites, but not in my head. <laughs> you know, it's your uh, immediate thought Christmas. That's the opposite holiday of Halloween. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Cause oh. you have like Krampus oh. during Halloween and stuff like it gets scary too. I don't know. Yeah. Or during Christmas. I mean, I don't it's know the if there's like in the death. I think they're, they're good opposites, right? I mean, that like would be Easter and Christmas start. would be more of opposites. Cause that's like legitimately the, the birth and the death <laughs> of that person. <laughs> but isn't Easter the celebration of his resurrection? Oh God, we're turning it to <laughs> Yeah. Like we're so going to talk about my Catholic school in a little bored. bit. So, <laughs> oh man, this is wow. It's on the dock. Never thought we would. It's on my phone. Um, yeah. Quick, easy answer is yes. Yes, it's Halloween's. I think uh, most holidays are opposite. Like, what's Egypt? Arbor Day's opposite? <laughs> Labor Day? Or no? <gasps> Arbor Day's. What's a day of fire? <laughs> day of fire. Um, there's there's some sort of boy. I'm sure there's some jokey answer we could throw out our, there. Like, what is National Paper July Fourth? July Fourth, because you're lighting shit on fire. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> Arbor Day and July Fourth. There you go. Those are those are better opposites. It'd be like Christmas, oh, yeah. Christmas and Easter are okay. This is away from the original question, I guess technically, but Christmas so... and Easter makes so much more sense. Because, like, you have the Easter season is Lent where you get something taken away. And I say it like that, whatever. Okay. You lose something during the Easter holiday, whereas you get stuff during the Christmas holiday. Easter is the death and I guess rebirth, technically, of Jesus Christ, whereas Christmas is a birth. It's literally both ends of the, the cycle. Like, they're pretty fucking like those two i mean they're connected in the sense that we're celebrating christian holidays i know <laughs> in as a national holiday which again we're not going to get into politics and stuff because i have my opinions i don't know if there's like an i, I mean okay. easter you, look like i said before any holiday could be opposite of halloween because halloween is such a fucking crazy holiday for no reason one of the ones that like christians as much as they try to take it over and make it theirs, they just can't. Uh, no, because the shit that they're saying is bad is cool as fuck. Yeah. It, uh, it just, I'm Satan. Sorry. Look, this is nostalgia, okay? Because I grew up a Catholic. <laughs> that counts, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we both grew up in religious homes, I'm sure. So it's not like we're That's outsiders looking in saying, it's what's so weird about how I grew up. It's like I didn't grow up in a religious home, but I grew up in religion. Mm. It's weird. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. All right. Moving Anyways. on. Because it's, it's a weird. <laughs> Speaking of getting that, stuff. That goes down a rabbit hole. Okay. Whew. Yeah. Speaking of getting stuff, I bought some stuff this week. Uh, randomly, Daisy and I took like a day date ourselves we're like let's go treat ourselves a little bit so we went to target and bought housewares as couples do uh but then we went to barnes and noble because two things actually the barnes and noble here in colorado one of them 
has a GameStop attached to it. Awesome. So I was going to go buy new Joy-Cons because I have that notorious left Joy-Con drift. So we were going to GameStop to buy new Joy-Cons. And then I was like, you know, we want to go to Barnes & Noble too because I'm looking for a new book and always, I'm always looking for something, I guess. But something I found out, which was cool, is that GameStop, I don't know if all GameStops do this, but that GameStop sells left Joy-Cons only, uh, ah. which is convenient. Funnier, too, well, here's my, this is my broken one. Um, May he and, rest in peace in his plastic freaking oh, coffin. No, that little some bitch is getting sent back to Nintendo. They're fixing that for free. <laughs> they, that's going on still. So, uh, but yeah, bought bought the left Joy-Con. I bought a random ass color, like my the one that I bought was dark blue. They're refurbished or whatever, but they're cheaper than buying an eighty dollars set of Joy-Cons when I only needed the left one. But while I was over there at Barnes and Noble, I decided to buy a couple things. Uh, two of which I've never seen, and I was real curious. But the one of which, which is going to be very surprising that I did not own yet is boss monster. Oh, I've been wanting to play that one. Uh, it seems amazing. I've played it twice through some friends before. Uh, love the NES like classic cover look. Yeah. Of course, it's a simple card game uh, where you play the monsters of a dungeon. Yeah, uh, It's a dungeon builder, deck builder kind of thing. Uh, the one that Daisy kind of picked up. Oh, sound alert. Uh, Barnes and Noble does a lot of like discount stuff, which is kind of cool. And she found this one. Galactic Black. Scoundrels. Uh, it's like a story based game. So like the stuff that you do um, like tells a story. And you it's looking through the rules. It's kind of weird because you like take jobs and stuff. I'm real curious on how something like this plays out, especially with like a storytelling. Cause they even say like the base game itself is a storytelling game, like more than it is like a competitive card builder, you know, at the end of it, you're going to, you're going to have told a story. Uh, so got that too. That was like eight bucks random $8 board games. Can't be. Yeah. Um, the one that I'm real curious about, and that's going to be exciting is a game called sonar family. I don't know if family's supposed to be there. It's definitely a European game. <laughs> Everything's in French and German on the back. Oh, fun. They they have English on there. But what it looks like to me is a submarine battleship. So there's like uh, dividers. You guys can play as a team or separately. Oh, yeah. And it definitely seems like a dry race board type battleship submarine game and we all good for that all good for that but yeah so random games again boss monster is something that i've wanted for a while i don't know why i haven't bought it i gave barnes and noble my money instead of amazon stupid probably on my part because it's cheaper on amazon but we're here now instant gratification gets the best of us especially me yeah yeah is the scoundrels game is that that's a multiplayer game yeah 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 yeah. so i think it's two to four how what's the play time on three that? to five hour and a half play time so it's a minimum of three surprisingly 
right. So you could, I mean, you could get some work done in an hour and a half. It just seemed like a story building game would be like, we're going to be here for a while. So buckle up and strap in. Cause we're going to sit down and do this for a minute. Yeah. So like, again, reading through the directions only gives me like so much. Sure. But it sounds like what you're trying to do is like, you do these jobs to gain money. And then there's ways like other ways to get money, whether to be still from other players, maybe, I don't know. Mm. Uh, but the, the end of the game is like the person with the most treasure or money. It, it, it's kind of interesting. I watched like a quick YouTube video of it. Again, it was something like Daisy picked out and yeah. it looks dope. Like the box looks cool. Galactic scoundrels, cool name, storytelling mm. game. Interesting. All the boxes were checked for like eight bucks. Okay. Well, you'll yeah. have to, you guys will have to play it and let us know. That sounds interesting and neat, and I want to play some games. Speaking of playing some games, <laughs> there's a new movie that's coming out soon. It's called Spiral, and it's either a continuation or like a re uh, a reboot, for lack of a better word, of the Saw franchise. It's called Spiral, the Book of Saw. And it stars Chris Rock, which huh. I wouldn't take him as a horror guy. Like normally, and does Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah. I. But it. it you're a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You're right. Like seeing Chris Rock in a a drama movie, let alone like a horror movie, I just feel like I'm not going to be able to take him serious. Second, you didn't seem too knowledgeable on the book of saw thing because i was the first question i was going to ask you is like the book of saw the like mcu but for the saw universe so now they're just like all the knockoffs and everything like all the little branches of their story quote-unquote story are all going to be like part of the book of saw which is like the yeah. continuation of him oh, okay that makes sense that that's yeah. what it seemed like yeah. to me at least yeah okay like, I don't know. no that's that's fair. I just didn't know how to take it because the way they set it up, it's like a new whatever, but then it's is, but it isn't because they're clearly taking bits from the old, the franchise. Yeah. And I, I'm all for it though. Like I'm a hundred percent in for this thing. I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen like most of the new saws like that kind of like, I don't know, grotesque real life hostage horror stuff. Yeah. It's just like, how many of these things can you make before you're like, yo, you stupid bitch, like, you got to stick your hand in the needles. Like, you've been here, you've seen this. Like, <laughs> stick your hand in the needles. All right. There's, just get the key. You did this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and the story gets so dang convoluted with like, oh, this girl's a part, this gal's a part of it and his like apprentice. So, she- that's involved and the police officers get involved and it gets so twisty and weird that by the end you're just like just call show me the cool death traps like <laughs> that's yeah where I mean, the fucking rube goldberg machines of killing yeah yeah you know? like, <laughs> i don't know i look it's it's another saw movie i, I don't I, again this one my needle just stays in the middle for this one my needle is pointed right at the let's let's do it. Let's watch this thing. <laughs> I was like, look, you were heading in a direction where I was about to link our OnlyFans accounts. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, are we gonna watch it? Probably, but it 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 just that's like them coming out with a new hostel. I'm just like, okay, cool, chop that dude's finger off. There's people see, out there I, that would do all this. I I dig those movies. They're like the, they're fine. With the but top it, like gore and stuff like that. The the rewatchability for them for me is very low. Yeah. But that's just me, you know? Yeah. So. Hey, to each their own, right? Like, you know. Uh, so the American Tabletop Awards uh, had their awards. Ooh, that was clunky. Um, <laughs> it's uh, so there's there's four in this particular order. They they talk about four different game boards that won various awards. Um and I'm just going to share the four real quick because it's only four, and I figure what the hey. Uh, so the first one is called Abandon All Artichokes, um, and it's from a company called Game Right. And basically, your goal is to get rid of the artichokes. The basically, it's a card game, and as you get cards, you kind of each little card has its own little thing, and you just kind of get rid of. You try to get rid of the artichokes, and whoever has the first hand with no artichokes wins. Super basic, super simple. So that one won. It's got cute artwork. Yeah. Uh, It got the Early Gamers Award. That's fun. So assumably like a child's game, and that's why it's called the Early Gamers? Yeah, it's it's from ages 10 and up. There's a little bit of sophistication with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... You know. Um... The next award for the best casual game goes to the crew, the quest of, sorry, try it again. The crew, the quest for Nut Planet 9. Almost messed it up again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a, a cooperative trick-taking game. Um, so you kind of have to, like, you know, work with players, but not. Oh, it's interesting. It's I, I like a bunch of awards. The the last line on this little synopsis is, and the game is as much about clever communication as it is about sheer luck. I I like that. Like, there was like things like even in stuff like Settlers of Catan, where mm. it was a simple enough game, but there were small strategies of bluff and you know sleight of hand that you could use. To be like, oh, I need rock. And they're like, oh, he's definitely going for this. And I'm like, uh, I need wood. And it's like, really, I need wheat. But I'm going to like save that until you don't think I need it. And then I'm going to be like, oh, I like four wheat, two rock. You know, and then I'm going to be like, bam, bitch. Settlement. <laughs> I did it. This, this seems cool. This, um, I'm going to look this one up for sure. Yeah, the, this, the this one seems cool. Trying to trick people into I like the bluff like aspect, especially yeah. like within my group of friends. It would be <laughs> one of those games that once everyone caught like the grasp of it, it could get real fun because we're little manipulators when it comes to each other, you know. <laughs> Peer pressure is a hell of a drug in my group of friends. You want that car. No, you want really need Bro, that car. This is a nine. It's the nine. <laughs> like, what? All you got's a stupid ass fucking seven. I'll I'll take the seven <laughs> and the three for the nine. Uh this next game. Works. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, until we get it and try it, whatever. It's like it, they look cool. The little video is fun. Um 
But this next uh, award goes to in the strategy get category. Scott, what is going on? Tonight? Do you do strategy you want me to talk for both of us? Man, right? Like, it seems like you have <laughs> the strategy games category is a game called Calico, and it's a game about quilting, quilting and cats. Players compete against each other to match patterns on their own personal sideboard and to attract cats to their workspace, which seems like, why would you want to attract cats to your workspace? I mean, look, this this one's right up my alley, cat. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Because, like, it's a match game. Cool. Awesome. And yeah. the goal of the game is to get cats to come to you? bro. I'm a I'm a goddamn little meow whisper. I'll get all these little kitties. And the little cat on the, the front of it is the cutest little fucking it's not a no. calico cat, which is retarded. Ironic. I, I just like you put an orange tabby cat on there and named your game calico. Yeah, I don't better know. Than, better than tabby? I don't know. If that's the artwork there for it was the just all so- the easy to paint a calico cat like this was the only cat that you could find it's literally yeah. an artist rendered drawing of a kitty cat it's like oh, you could have made I'm it a sure. small bengal tiger <laughs> basically this one like, looks cool too garfield as a kitten and but real and and super cute and you can see his little toe beans and yeah that's <laughs> It's automatically a winner for me. <laughs> artwork is incredible. If that's what the rest of the art looks like in the in the Definitely. actual game, geez, that would be great. It's kind of um, crazy too because it is an AEG game, which is, I mean, for board game players, that's a big name to be put on a game. Like it's like a name brand. Whereas a lot of this, a lot of these, you see these little indie game makers, which I'm sure this was an indie game maker, but is being published by AEG, which is saying something about the game itself. It's kind of what you want is for them to be like, hey, you made a great game. Let us take it over and we'll get it out to the mass market. Yeah. And it's games like this that like anytime because you and I have talked about building a board game, you know, and it's like all the board game ideas are taken. And then a game like this comes out and you're like, no, they're not. (laughs) Dude, we can do cats and patchwork quilts. Yeah, exactly. As long as the gameplay is fun. It's all good. That's what it's about. The first podcast board game coming soon to a uh, uh, Barnes and Nobles a Kickstarter near you. Kickstarter, <laughs> of, it's right Come there, on, bro. Son of Low a hanging fruit. Low hanging. Um, the final game uh, is the winner of the complex games uh, category called Dominations Road to Civilization. Uh, you want it? It looks complex that yeah all those pieces together i mean Woo! just this like okay you guys can't see the picture because this is an audio podcast <laughs> plug the facebook toby oh yeah you can watch this live on the facebook page but there's like a lot of things happening on this picture um it's incredible the amount of there's cards there's little tokens there's little discs there's a polka dot she that's got I don't know, way more than a hundred numbers on it. It's, it's no, it's a hundred numbers. Dang wild, but it's a game of global domination. You lost me there. There's only one game of global domination, and that's Risk. Risk. Strategio. No. <laughs> I thought that was a joke, and it wasn't. 
Anyways, yes, complex games category, Domination's Road to Civilization. The concept itself, a game of global domination with no wars, no armies, no empires. What the fuck am I dominating then? With, with what are you dominating is the question, right? This dick. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Um, yeah, it's only, yeah, it only looks crazy. Com backslash as much as I love, like, I love board games, okay? It's hard for me to get the motivation to play one. And then seeing a game like this, like, if there was just, like, a button I could press that was just, like, learn, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I just knew how to play the game, I would fuck with these games heavy. But when you pull out the rule book and you're like, oh. okay, guys, it'll be two weeks, and I'm reading this rule book every time I take a shit for the next 14 days, <laughs> and then when I get to the table and Kelly's like, what, what is this piece? And I'm like, fuck i don't remember seeing that one you know and you're flipping through encyclopedia britannica to figure out what the green piece is only to come to find out it was a manufacturer error and that piece wasn't even supposed to be in the box it just comes with its own thesaurus and dictionary and encyclopedia so you can play it you're like here's the rule book here's the one i have a couple games like that and like they're not even that hard to comprehend it's just the the like the will to to learn it you know like yeah. even um what is it betrayal on hill house how mm-hmm. right something on like hill. that i always on, forget so, the fucking name on house like, and netflix and... show uh yeah because it's the haunting of hill house betrayal on the house on the hill uh that game incorporates a phone app figurines it's all badass but then you like the problem is you can't look at the contents of the box. If you want to learn the game, don't look inside the box. Just open the box. Paperwork. Cool. Pull the paperwork out. Close the box. Don't look inside the box because the minute you start looking at all these pieces, you're going to be like, oh, fuck no. Like, I don't even have a table big enough to handle all this. And then you put that box right back on the shelf. The trick, don't look inside the box. Open the box, grab, grab the instructions, put the box back up, put the box back on the shelf learn the game go watch an episode of will wheaton's tabletop. Uh, yeah tabletop tabletop on Something. geek and sundry yeah oh it's just called tabletop i'm i, I think oh you got me tripping now it doesn't matter it's not our programming we don't have to worry about it <laughs> uh no but again i want to want to play games like this i have a game called True. eclipse that's kind of like this it's like a galactic war game man it looks fucking crazy and i did the mistake i opened it up and i was like holy shit there's like a thousand things to punch out of cardboard in this box not including the plastic ships jiminy christmas yeah dude i mean it's gonna be an hour-long youtube video to learn how to play that game and i've got to watch it 12 times in two days i yeah like games that like incorporate a whole other level of like whether it be like auxiliary app on your phone or there's just so many pieces or the instruction booklet is a hundred pages and that's just how to set up like is is it too complex like you're taking away the aspect of what makes games fun where you just sit there and go i just want to play a game with my friends and i want it to be like that yeah i just want it to be i mean once you play it like uh, once or twice you'd be like oh i understand how to play it we next time we got this no problem exactly but you have to have the first time to do it 
and to get the willpower to do it, you like you guys ready ready and to, to have four the friend group. Like, yeah. like everyone in your group has to be able to comprehend and <laughs> actively want to learn this game. You know, and like you said, after a couple times playing it, it was the same thing like when you play Pandemic or Catan, you have to know someone that really knows how to play the game mm-hmm. to be there to show you how to play the game. Yeah. And then you yourself as the player have to want to learn how to play that game. And games like this, as cool as they probably are, if you were to know all the rules and the strategies to the game, are just so intimidating to jump into. And it's like at yeah. that point, I'm going to play a video game. Yeah, or just play a game that you've played a thousand times. Oh, we're pulling a card against the humanity. Yeah, exploding kids. You know, like stuff that you're like, eh, it's easy. But man, it's just after a while, you get kind of tired of playing the same ones. You want to play the complex one. I do so bad. Oh, gosh. It's hey, such it's, a Ouroboros of like, yep. yep. Did, wait. <laughs> Is Ouroboros? Explain that word to me. Ouroboros is the snake that's eating its own tail. Oh, okay, cool. That's what they named Ouroboros after. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ. Click yeah. seatbelts hey. just connected. Let's get ready for this ride. Yeah. Holy no shit. Worries. You're good, dude. I was like, <laughs> he just used the word of the D&D campaign we talked about last week in an active sentence like that. <laughs> it's got a hidden meaning. Yeah. Um, either way, some of these look cool. Uh, the crew, I'm definitely gonna look at that. Calico, as much as I want to see it, I don't know if I'll actively purchase it. Yeah. And it's sold out. Awesome. Sold out. So you can't do it because cool. it's sold out for choice weeks on end, made, which makes it easy to not buy something when um, you know, I also do want to say, and you and I talked about this, but out of all four of those games, I've never heard of any of them. It's wild, right? Never. Like, even walking through Barnes and Noble's game section, there are so many games that I've never fucking heard of. Yeah. Boss Monsters creators uh, built a new game, a bigger board game that looks badass, and it's called like uh, Overlord or Overboss or something. I don't remember. Okay. Almost bought it. It looks cool. It's in the eight bit artwork, and you're pretty much like doing this like neighborhood cityscape shit. But I had never heard of it. I've never seen it. That's the downside of board games. Unless you're like so entrenched in those communities, there's no way, unless, I mean, open up your own shop of board games and then you'll know every game that ever comes out. But short of doing something like that, how do you know? How do you know what the newest great game is unless you're out there buying games every Friday or whenever they come out, you know? Yeah, between you I mean, I learn a lot of them from you, luckily, and like going to stores or whatever. But uh, there's only one like great podcast out there that I've really enjoyed listening to that has to deal with general board gaming. Mm. And that's the Secret Cabal. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of those guys. Bunch of dudes out of like Jersey. And they are fantastic at not only bringing up new games, they do a lot of Kickstarter stuff mm. and their explanations of games and how to play them and what they're about and everything is so good and like they have that group of friends that'll play some fucking crazy games um that's where i'd heard about blood rage and how good blood rage was and that's a game that that's like on my list to buy and uh they do long podcasts though like you can i mean they can have a three-hour pod but 
if you're interested in the board game scene and learning more in-depth looks, the secret cabal, you know, because we're going to shout out other podcasts because we listen to podcasts. Do. That's why I want to do a podcast. I wasn't like, what's a podcast? I need one of those. (laughs) (laughs) That's the wave of the future. Now it's secret cabal. Good guy. Streaming radio. Uh, are you a fan of like Scooby Doo, the Flintstones, Jetson, or or Yogi Bear? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll skip that topic. Uh, I mean, look, Scooby Doo, baby, all day. Yogi Bear was what it was. The Jetsons, awesome. Hey, boo boo. Uh, the Flintstones. <laughs> hey, boo boo. <laughs> Gee, Yogi. Um. Well, some fun news happened. Um. Warner Media has taken the Hanna-Barbera, which created those classic cartoons amongst a bunch of other ones. Yeah, their name is attached to a lot. It's insane. Um, And they're combining it with the Cartoon Network over there in Europe. So they're making this huge animation studio over there where they're going to be producing a lot of uh, new content. But this was kind of a cool story just because as an animation geek... um, it's very cool that they're going to be bringing back some of these iconic characters. Some of them haven't gone away. Like Scooby-Doo's been done in every single form of media uh, animation-wise that you could think of. And even not even animation, like live action, they've done as well. So I'm interested to see what they do with those properties, especially if they're combining with like Cartoon Network because it's such a new interesting thing at Cartoon Networks where every kid's show on there is different and they allow the artist to kind of have a vision and go with it and not without too much like overhead of oh here's some notes change that it needs to be more this oh try that kind of thing so i'm interested i don't know i'm interested i've to always see seen do. like cartoon network too as like an older kid cartoon channel so hannah barbera on the other hand is the opposite <laughs> like it seems like a real like young kids studio. So I'm curious on what they might put out together. Like if they'll put like a, like a darker version of Scooby-Doo, you know, like something that's a little creepier, maybe like, like spiral meets Scooby-Doo. And it's super like, Oh, we got to figure out these gruesome murders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was No more that studio is, impression. Yeah, don't. No more. No. <laughs> okay, here comes my Shaggy. Ready? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's right. Get me some um, White Castle. <sighs> yeah, it'll be interesting. Like, yeah. see what they do. I mean, look, if they it, bring back the old classics or if they sit on them, who knows? But what I that's kind of where it all started. I mean, bringing back our classics with all the streaming services and everything out there with that acquisition. The thing is, is like Warner already owns Hanna-Barbera. So they're literally just, is there just no currently active Barbera studios in the world except for this new one? I think they just had the properties and they weren't really doing anything with it because they had bought it years and years ago and they were just kind of sitting on properties and as we know they've mostly just released scooby-doo stuff because yeah it's scooby-doo and every generation has their iteration of scooby-doo yeah because we Doesn't haven't really know. seen anything with anything else yeah you, you like don't no jetsons Jetsons, no flintstones like give me I'd a remake just... of viva rock vegas viva, well, f- <laughs> i'm just saying I, 
Yeah. But I mean, they've got the HBO Max, you know, streaming platform, which yeah. might just get a little bit of a bulkier bump with them throwing all that old animation on there. Why not? Right. Like go back and watch some of these classic cartoons that people from the 50s grew up with 50s and 60s. And 100%. 70s and all, you know, like makes sense. More content for people to be like, oh, this app, because they've got stuff I remember. But the future is bright with that. And Cartoon Network is great. So we'll see what happens yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do if we even see anything because this is a european studio exactly like it's hard to say right yeah maybe it's more popular over there i don't know maybe it's weird to think though like the fact that you brought it up i was like this doesn't seem that interesting the more you think about it it's just like oh we just don't see anything out of that era except for scooby-doo which is a shame because like I remember the reruns of Flintstones and the Jetsons and the Yeah. Remember that movie that came out in the 90s, well, late 80s, early 90s, the Jetson movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's like they did it. Like at one point those were so huge, like Jetsons and Flintstones basically being the same show but from different times. It's like wonder why it went away. I mean, Jetsons they kind of aged themselves out cuz technology whatever. Yeah. Like, there's so many other properties. Give me El Cabong. Like, let's do this. Captain Caveman, let's go. You know? Was uh, was Pink Panther Hanna-Barbera? Uh, or Rocky and Bullwinkle? Rocky and Bullwinkle. Hmm, that's a good question. I'm not 100%. No, I'm curious. Because there's some old school cartoons like, man, like Secret Squirrel and all that kind of stuff. Like, I know they've done slight reboots on some of these lesser known ones, but like for the big guys, like the named ones, like Yogi Bear, obviously they did a movie that was successful enough, but they kind of didn't do much more with it when it's like capitalize. Yeah, it doesn't. um, It doesn't seem like it. I don't know. It might be some. I know Pink Panther was like a. It was produced by Jay Ward productions distributor nbc so no i don't know there's so much old stuff that we just lump lump under the banner of hanna barbera <laughs> let, let, let me let me just let me throw something at you here Ooh, rocky let me and see if I can catch it when did rocky and bullwinkle come out oh my gosh i would say 1969 yeah summer of no, ten years oh. before that. Really, nineteen fifty nine. It's not too terribly surprising, though, right? I mean, it just seems crazy. It was in it was in black and white for two years, and then uh, put in color. The original run was five years, a little less than five years, fifty nine through sixty four. Oh, the Flintstones was the well. It is the second longest. Holy crap! Second longest running animation sitcom. Of all time, right after uh, The Simpsons. The Simpsons? No shit. Yeah. So, I mean, Flintstones was like almost must-see TV because it was basically an animated sitcom, and people loved it back then. Yeah, it was developed by (laughs) Hannah and Barbera. You didn't have much other options. Mel Blanc, man. That's crazy to see his name in something like The Flintstones. Yeah. When When did it come out? When did what? The Flintstones. I don't know, 1957? 1960. Really? Yeah. Huh. 
huh. for sure that thing was. We might have to first. do an episode on the Flintstones just just alone. Yeah, that that's gonna be add that one to the list. That one's gonna have to added to the list. Huh? Yeah, yeah, we could sit here and Wikipedia things all day. <laughs> I know, right? Let's just Google. This is the Google section of of the podcast where we just Google and uh, do fun uh, trivia for we a while. Ugh. We goog. You don't like that? You don't like no, that? No. How about just goo? How about we just goo all over you? Nah, I mean, it's just so easy to say Google. <laughs> I know. It sounds so much better. I'm trying to be hip with the kids. They shorten everything to like a syllable or a sound. Goo. Oh, look, I'm closer to being a kid than you are, and I'm I far away. I don't if it wasn't for my mentality, I'd be I'd be in a weird spot. Like they might not let me have a driver's license. <laughs> well Anyways. speaking of things that are far and away uh looks like yahoo answers is going to be going by the way so- wayside on star wars day may 4th mm. and it's one of those things where like i remember using it a bit in the, a while ago just going on there and spending hours to write stupid answers to dumb questions that's the problem is it had the same issue like wikipedia did in the beginning <laughs> like when we were <laughs> When I was in like middle school and stuff and I was having to do research essays and whatnot, like the first thing the teacher would tell you is that we could not use Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Like the internet was not allowed to be used in research projects when I was a kid. Damn, that's actually, that kind of hits hard. <laughs> but so we like, we could not cite Wikipedia because it was an open source thing that anyone could put whatever they wanted and if you caught it before a mod came in and changed it, now it's a little different. Wikipedia is a little different. They've got a lot more red taped cross through before you can just freely edit mm. something. Yeah. But Yahoo Answers was like the same. It'd be like, what do my front brakes do on my 1993 Honda Accord? And someone would be like, cheese is good if you grate it, but it's a better if you let it mold. <laughs> or they just go, first these. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck, Janice? Like, what does that tell me about my goddamn cars? And why are you looking at this question? I'm curious. Look, not to bring up another podcast. What is... What is... Mabim-bam gonna do? Mabim-bam gonna do? I mean, that's the thing. There's so many questions out there. And this is like... (laughs) This is the original weird question of the week. Like, there is so much batshit crazy stuff on yahoo answers the questions alone are crazy but then you get to the answers for those questions and it's just like it's like the old west in there it's just lawless people just pew pew shoot Look, off the hip throwing stuff that people like, no. think your cyber bullying and shit is bad now okay you should go back to the wild west days and if you want a time traveling experiment go look at yahoo answers and click on page like 900,047 and you'll be in like 2017. You know? It's shitty. Yeah. So let me ask you this with Yahoo Answers because we've already been down the closure of the greatest answer giving website known to man. Think about it. I don't know. All I'm thinking is Bing, but I know You gotta ask Jeeves, bro. Uh, You gotta ask Jeeves. There wasn't before Google, before Googling something, when you were still using AOL.com search bar, 
you could go to something called Ask Jeeves. And you'd ask Jeeves, which is a little butler dude, and he would give you an answer. And then Google was like, that's my idea. Search engine optimization. Oh, that's not right. That's that's sucky though. I mean, look, to bring it up on this podcast is perfect because what more nostalgia do we have than trying to get answers to our life questions through Yahoo Answers? Yeah. It taught me so I much. Mean, or did it? I don't know. It taught me how to be very convincing with answers in writing on making in my own mind thinking, oh, I'm gonna write something that they gonna think is so legit that this has to be a correct answer. Yeah. Contrary to popular belief, <laughs> roly polies are actually called nimble little dimbledovers <laughs> because the arch in their scaly skin is called schneckemeckafsniggleberry. And when it touches the outside of the outer layer of mucus, it grows a leg and flips you the finger. And that's why we call them roly polies. <laughs> <laughs> This is why we shouldn't be collectively allowed to answer questions on the internet unless you're a semi-educated person on the subject. You're like giving answers to questions. You're like, I don't know. Try this on for size. And you just hope the person on the other side isn't so much of a doofus that they take it at face value. And they're like, oh, that's the meaning (laughs) of life. You know, (laughs) 42, baby. Uh, did you ever see the video? You don't roam around the same parts of the internet that I do. I try. Probably but good. It's scary. You ever see the video <laughs> where the dude like is like cooking, and his chat tells him to wash his chicken first before he like cooks it. So he like takes it to the sink and pours Don dishwashing liquid all over it, and then like oh, washes yeah. his like chicken breast. And his chat's like, "What the fuck are you?" He's like, "Y'all told me wash the chicken. I'm washing the chicken." He's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's that kind of person that Yahoo Answers gets the most yeah. traffic out of. But like Yahoo Answers, like after a while, you just knew that wasn't the place to go a- ask a serious question. You're yeah. not be like, hey, there's this, I've got a goiter on my neck. What should I do? You don't Cut go open. there to get the answer because they Cut will give you some shit like grab, grab a Coke can and twist or something. You know, that makes no sense. That just, I mean, that sounds like a death threat, but. I mean, I don't know. Certain part. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But May that's 4th, crazy though. You know, I mean, it's, it's it's truly the end of an era. It's wild. Yeah, it's wild. Everyone's gonna have to use Reddit now. Yeah, I'm I'm a Cora guy. I'm gonna use Cora. Keep you keeping it alive. <laughs> the fuck is Cora? Cora is a question answer um, place. That's like Yahoo Answers. Mm, that's where you got that werewolf question, huh? How many times have you asked that on that that website? So many, and I get the same question. Why wolf? <laughs> what wolves? <laughs> okay, oh, so God. this is some interesting. This is pretty wild. Uh, We're about to get who, into some shit right here. This one is, this is one of those, like, it's pretty well. Uh, world's first wireless brain computer interface lets users with paralysis type and click on a tablet with their mind and without being tethered to a transmitter. Whew, I did it without. Mm. 
said all the words. <laughs> <laughs> I talk good. This I is nuts. This okay. And I'm going to bring up another article that I saw today or yesterday, which is, did you see that they're testing Neuralink on monkeys right now? That is that the, the Elon Musk one. That's yeah. That's basically the same thing as this. Yeah. But this one's being tested on people. Yeah. That's like, what I'm saying. Like that, these guys are a little more like take it to human trials <laughs> because they like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Elon said that he was going to be able to get this Neuralink in like the next five years. Okay. He's a crazy person, first of all. So I, he's also the smartest person I've probably ever seen in my entire life. But the video came out of that, that monkey playing or chimpanzee or orangutan. I don't, I don't know. Playing punk and like doing like, like legitimate shit. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of nuts. And to think that we've already got at somewhere we've got paralyzed people that are able to use a tablet and type with their mind is kind of nuts. Like we might not be as far away from like commercial neural link as we think. Truly. And it's, I mean, it's pretty cool for what they're aiming it to be for those who've lost the use of their limbs. This kind of gives them an opportunity to fill a part of the rest of the world, I guess, for, you know, whatever. I mean, to be able to just like do look at stuff. a computer screen and be like, hey, you know, I can go on the internet, I can surf it, I can pull up videos, I can do everything else everybody else does on the internet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what's what's the future of that? Like, is this these where people we begin get to get those interfaces, bodies? you know? <laughs> yeah. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah again i just like mentally i don't think i can comprehend how the fuck they got that to work like that just seems as crazy as the technology jumps that we've gotten in the last 30 years that just seems like science fiction still same thing with the neural link with the chimp playing pong legitimately like it just, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We just, last week we talked about Boston Dynamics not, not kicking the dogs anymore. <laughs> Guys, we have to choose. We're either going to use them or we got to treat them like we got to treat them better. <laughs> treat them better because the worst thing that happens here is that people get these implants that, you know, hey, you want to be able to do things without using your hands or be able to do multiple things while using your hands. Well, we got this cool device you can attach to your, you know, your motor control functions. And if you're pissing off the robots, they'll take over that technology and then we'll all just be mindless robot zombie things that are controlled by a Skynet. So I'm, yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm, I remember why this article, I was like, I was like, what did this article say again? It's fucking ad blocked. look i understand you get your money at least give me the choice to actively disregard the choice that you're giving me it won't even let me read the article without turning off my ad blocker jeez that's a trick that's how they get you that's how they Um, get you but i mean even elon in like some of his past interviews talking about Neuralink, said the same thing that with that device they were going to be able to pretty much reverse paralysis by reprogramming the body's nerves because it's not that they don't work. Their connection is broken. 
And he's like, we can fix that. It's wild. And now I'm starting to think that he's not fucking tripping. Like this dude might actually put microchips in all of our heads. Everyone's worried about the vaccine being a microchip and stuff. No, 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 no. Best know if I can afford it, give me that microchip. I don't care. I don't care. Watch where I go. Watch me jerk off. I do not care. Okay. I want to have Wikipedia up here. I want to make it not cool to be smart. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, oh, you're kind of stupid. You don't have Neuralink, do you? No, no. I said no to that. No fucking way, dude. What's it like? Like, not knowing everything all the time. (laughs) Oh, that's the next level. I didn't even think about that. Like, being able to access the internet. You just got this little thing you have under your hat nobody's aware of. And you're like... Oh, yeah, fun trivia, and little do they know you're already accessing the Wikipedia for, you know, South Park, and, you know, you're pulling out these tidbits that they're like, how'd you know that? You're like, well, I'm smart. I'm rich, and I got a microchip in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) the truth is. The thing is, is like all the coolest things and all the most progressive things that have came out in technology in the last five years are all from Elon. We have Teslas, and eventually it's just going to be a bunch of people with microchips driving around and driving cars. Foot, like being able to speak to each other through their minds, and it's like brain connect to black Tesla oh, P90. Hey, you fucking cunt, you know, you cut me off three blocks back there, you fucking bitch. I've been wanting that forever. I'm like, why can't we the just the Tesla make automatically lives? goes into sentry mode because it's yeah. also connected to your brain? Yeah, and now we have Viper, Autobot oh. fights in the middle of the goddamn street. That's what happens. Yeah, That's is the world that we're gonna live in, huh? And it's all gonna start with us trying to help people with paralysis yeah it's either like military stuff that like they use it and you know they do what they do with it and then they're finally like oh we could also use it for civilian use and and here you go you know like but elon's like nah screw that i'm gonna give it to all the people everyone first. just automatically knows brazilian jiu-jitsu <laughs> <laughs> You want to do this? I know some capoeira. Let me get this boom Everybody box started. Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> the possibilities of that is insane if they can get us where we're attaching to. If the, uh, Like, I play problem. games like Watch Dogs where I'm able to hack things all day. I'm thinking, that's where we're going to go. I'll be able to hack your, your system just by looking at it. No. <laughs> More likely what's going to happen is the suicide rate's going to skyrocket because there's nothing new for your life and nothing Oof. interests you anymore because you fucking know it already. You Still. know, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, I would almost say that we wouldn't get to something like that in our lifetime, but looking back at the last 30 years to where we are now and just even to this podcast, what we're doing here with yeah. this battle station I'm sitting behind 30 years from now and the jump of technology is going to be absolutely insane. It's going to be Ready Player One. Ready Player One is today's 1984 of yesteryear. It's an updated version of 1984. Fuck. Well, the future is now. Damn, I think I just got depressed. Nope, nope, nope. Turn that ship around. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's something that'll get you undepressed. I mean, it's an old article, but besides that, uh, Pizza Hut and KFC finally coming together to create harmony of flavor for your mouth hole. A KFC uh, uh, popcorn chicken pizza. Oh, my God. This thing sounds so good. 
Right? This mouth-watering pizza has been created using KFC's iconic gravy on mm. a classic crust base with mozzarella mm. cheese topped with fan-favorite popcorn chicken sprinkled mm. with sweet corn. It's like a fucking mashed potato bowl oh. on a pizza crust. If the oh, and it's got gravy sauce. Come on, dude! This oh. thing goes hard. This is my kind of pizza with just some fucking chicken nuggies on top. Yeah, and the corn thrown in like it, unnecessary, but perfectly oh. complements everything. Exactly. It it brings the sweet because you got the salty and savory in there, and it's just gonna come with this little kick of sweet. Oh, I want it so bad. It it's I, okay. <sighs> like you said, this is an older article. We had to bring it up because first of all, we never got it here in the states. For some reason, the pizza places like the pizza chains in other countries do dope ass shit. They like do. My brother was in my brother. The company that he works for sends him to like bumfuck China every once in a while. And for one of their probably illegal factories, I don't know. But while he's there, he always texts me pictures of like Papa John's and shit. And it's like shrimp and calamari and, you know, just random ass shit on the pizza that I'm like, what the fuck? This sounds awesome. You know? <laughs> yeah. But this. I. Yes. This may be the like the most legitimate, and of course, it's got fucking KFC's name attached to it. This might be the most KFC and, and Pizza Hut. Like, I mean, well, Pizza Hut, whatever, cool. Free. KFC for some reason seems to get on our podcast more than nostalgia does. Anybody? <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but they're just like, ah, eh, they do, do cool it. shit. <laughs> but yeah, like this looks amazing. It sounds amazing. I guarantee it tastes amazing. We can do this. Bummers that we, we can can't do have it. We, we, we can. This is easy. Oh, we order just a mashed to- potato bowl with everything in separate containers. Hold the mashed potatoes. And then you go to Safeway, buy whatever crust you want, and build this bitch at home. You're, bro. It's true. Retro nom oh, retro nama cook show. Retro nom 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 nom. <laughs> oh my god. Our own cookbook. Man, we are expanding our retro nom 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 may be the greatest play on our name that we'll ever have. And as much as we talk about food and our beautiful <sighs> thick with 4c body type retro nom 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 holy shit coming to a tv screen near you <laughs> we're gonna build old funyuns and shit <laughs> oh man you know, order we were... order 1990s food and drink off of ebay and eat it <laughs> oh <laughs> the retro we nom spent... nom nom show we spent sixty dollars on this. Let's taste how it is. <laughs> Unsealed on high C ecto out. coolers yeah. from nineteen ninety three. Oh, I just got slimed. Oh, that's that's our OnlyFans account. We talked about this. <laughs> we keep crossing over. Remember OnlyFans.com backslash retronomicon. <laughs> Oh, goodness, but yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. 
so I came up with this dumb. (laughs) I came up with this silly game. And I don't know anything else other than the idea is basically every film has fun taglines to them. Always. All of them. Even the most dramatic ones have some kind of tagline. But I thought it would be fun to bring in a tagline and see what Toby could do with it. So this is tagline movies where we're going to build a movie just off of a tagline. And the first one I thought of, it's a popular kind of, uh, it's been out there since NBA Jam or something. I don't know. But like, boom, go. <laughs> Maybe I. Don't know. I mean, sure. I'm sure. Probably back in Prospector time, they were like, boom Checks goes out. the dynamite. Yeah. But boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> so, what genre is this movie taking place in? Oh, this is this is this is a hundred percent like '80s action. The movie that oh. I'm building right here. Like, okay. 80s action all day who's who's in it let's who's your big star Ooh, i know who i'd go with but i'm going with patrick swayze oh sh- wow you went wow mm, and Roadhouse. I, yeah i'm going okay i'm going with patrick swayze and reba mcintyre all right hear me out what Hear me out. Reba? <laughs> the movie is two backwoods illegal fishing poachers that use dynamite to go blow up special fishing holes are being chased through the backwoods of Georgia by the game warden of the south of the year. And there's gunfights <laughs> and there's dynamite throwing all whilst they're trying to, to, to fish for the fish while they're while they're blowing fish up, collecting them off the top. Yeah. And it's an 80s action movie. There's a lot of explosions. And it's just Reba yeah, and Patrick and Swayze. Con- it's like a it's like a, a Delma and Louise or um Smokey and the Bandit. Sm- yeah, it's like Smokey and the Bandit. Except with Dynamite Smokey and, and Patrick Swayze. But oh, I like that actually. And like are they like supplying their own like the fisher for their own restaurant and they're trying to cut out the middleman kind of thing? No, or? no, no, hell no. These are black market fish. Oh, geez. And, and and so it's in the eighties, so I imagine they're like selling to some Russians because like up in the hard Russian north, we can't we can't I don't know where I got that accent from. That just like popped up on that last word. Uh, disregard. We need fish. Yes, exactly. The fish. They can't get Russia. these types of fish. These Georgia fish. We we need the catfish. Bring me the fish. Exactly. Now. Boom. Goes the dynamite. You. They go and blow up fishing holes, bro. And then they're illegally shipping these fish to Russia. And supplying the Russian military during the Cold War with this fish that gives them American energy. I don't, like, it could go anywhere, bro. It's an 80s action movie. But it's about two hillbillies throwing dynamite into ponds. Building or getting fish for Russia during the eighties, which was a no-no. Yeah, I like it. Like Reba and and Patrick Swayze. Like Reba's such a like out of nowhere, but such a good pull. Yeah, because who doesn't love Reba? She's a good like, actress. She she's fun. She's a fun personality. Countries can and be Patrick I mean, Swayze. Yeah, especially you get in the, the Tremors 80s. vibe. So she's got the comedic backlash. Patrick Swayze is yeah. going to roundhouse kick someone. 
probably the game warden or some Russian asshole when he double crosses him. Yeah. Ooh, I like that better. Twist. It's a twist. What's a twist? Turns out the game warden was actually working with the Russians and was getting paid by the Russians for not busting you, but then the Russians double-crossed you, so you did some weird shit, and the game warden had to come get you. (laughs) Boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite, baby. (laughs) Coming this fall to a theater near you, Patrick Swayze, Reba McIntyre, Boom goes the dynamite. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's that's blockbuster caliber all day. Man, I like that. What this movie? It's too bad that's, we can't like. Yeah, that's fun. Go back and whisper in some. Hey, Steven Spielberg, do this movie about uh, fish and and dynamite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. A hundred percent. I like this. I like this segment. We're we're gonna do another one of these. It's just so silly. That's that was the most ridiculous thing that my mind could have ever thought well, of, was, and for some reason it was so great. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed, my friend. Well, but to get into the main event of the yes. show, the thing that we're known for, our great we? takes on nostalgia. I wonder what, what are... people say we're known for. Now that that's because it's part of the show. And it in our heads, it's like a mainstay of the show. But maybe that's not yeah. what people come for. Maybe people just listen to the weird question of the week. And they're like, what's it this week? Oh, I got to hear the answer to this. And they're like, all the rest of this garbage, fuck this. They just fast forward through 120 <laughs> minutes or 100, 100 minutes of just whatever. They listen to the first part and the silly answers. And then okay, what is it, <laughs> yeah. what's the cliffhanger going to be? Oh, that's. It's like, oh, that's what a, what's the podcast about? It's like, I don't know. But the first like 10 minutes are great. I haven't really gotten much after that, but just go listen to the first 10 minutes. You'll get the gist. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's hit or miss, like the question itself, but like the way they re- react to it is pretty good. That's kind of what's fun about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's the uh, Rick Dick dad jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this week, though, we decided to go back to our childhood. And play little silly childhood games that either we made up or we just kind of discovered through the schoolyard. Um, so what? It's hard to differentiate, but what were some schoolyard games that you used to play, or at least stick out? Okay, so for me, I was an athlete going through school and stuff, played sports like crazy. School games were like a lot more fun to me. I think I can't say that, but like. Looking back, like I always had a lot more fun with school games because it was a place to be competitive with a large group of kids. Mm-hmm. And my number one, the one, my all time favorite school game of all time, of all time, is kickball. Um, oh. I loved dodgeball. And a lot of people are going to be disappointed, especially as a baseball player. Dodgeball was amazing. The problem with dodgeball is it was so lopsided mm-hmm. that it almost made it not fun. Because, like, if I rail Jessica with this fucking dodgeball, you're like, oh, like, I'm sorry. She's out, first of all. And it's like, why'd you hit her? You know? And it's like, well, that's <laughs> no fucking fun. Yeah. Kickball, Jessica rolls that ball. I'm booting that some bitch to Mars. You know? <laughs> Everything I got, <laughs> it's gone. It's not, 
something about the kickball, the rubber material it was made of, you just felt like you were like an all-star Pele level athlete of just kicking that ball and it would fly. And you're like, I'm amazing. But really, it's just like the rubber's doing all the work off your foot. Well, look, okay. I told you we'd get back to my Catholic school. All right. And when I was in Catholic school, my, our Catholic school, I spent a few years in Catholic school. Yes. Um, and no, the answer to what you're thinking is no, it did not happen. Pray my boy. Um, but we didn't have a playground. Well, I mean, we had a playground, but there was no grass. It was in the parking lot. So they took the parking lot. Hmm. Half the parking lot was a parking lot. The other half of the parking lot was our playground. And hmm. it, the way that they did, they gave us a kickball course or a kickball field. And they did the square with like four painted bases. And the way that the kickball field faced, it put the school, which was like a three-story brick building, on the far left wall. So like the Green Monster in Boston, right? Mm. And so like we did, we did like, it gets so serious. Okay, this is like fourth grade Toby, where one kid had a notebook with everyone's names in it. And through a semester would do tally marks for home runs and a home run (laughs) did not count if you did not hit the wall. So like, even if you ran around the bases and got a quote unquote home run, it didn't count as a home run in the book. Okay. So only home runs that counted were from home plate and that hit the far wall without touching the ground. Okay. So we're ripping these balls in fourth grade. and. We had like home run contests. And then in the semester, whoever won, all the other kids that were on the list had to bring in a candy bar. And that the kid that won got the candy bar. Holy God. So dodgeball, like, or not dodgeball, kickball was like heavy for me because it was, it incorporated something like baseball, but it was different. And like, I hate, like, I was a sweaty kid. I'm still a sweaty man. And like, kickball always fucked me up going back into class after recess because I've been, Mm -hmm. your boy's been panting for the past half an hour. (laughs) But kickball for me was like real, real big for school. And that's like, it'll forever be like my number one school childhood game. And that's good. Like, yeah, kickball was great. Like going through this thing was really hard to decipher if we were going to do like, kind of let go of like sports stuff like flag football's off and or or touch football whatever you want to call it you know and that kind of stuff frisbee football and all the other stuff that's kind of attribute i wasn't sure that's called ultimate frisbee but go ahead oh yeah you okay that's fair hey that's fair not arguing but like i went with like stuff that kids would play just because they're like hey we got a racquetball let's play some wall ball i don't know if you had something similar to wall ball where you'd you know, throw it, and if you didn't catch it, you'd have to run to the thing. Yep. And if you if they were able to get it and throw it and hit the wall before you could touch it, you had to stand there with your hands on the yep. wall, and they would whip it at your backside, and you would hope that little Tommy wouldn't get it because that dude's got a cannon. Yep. <laughs> that, yeah, okay. So I was that kid. They were like, <laughs> okay. Don't get Tommy! And it got Don't to the point. Tommy! It got to the point where, like, you had to stand up against the wall for us. So we got to where you would cover your bottoms, you cover your face, and then you would stand up against the wall because we figured out that we could throw it around you 
And if you got a good enough shot, oh. you could bounce it off the wall and hit you in the front. It still hurt like a son bitch. Yeah. And there was a small chance I was going to hit you in the nuts, which is the goal, you know? And it's just like going for the back was so last year. Like we going for the front. So then we just learned like kids had to go up, you know? Okay. So to get a little bit more dangerous. All right. Did you ever play uh, like we called it bloody knuckles, but like some people played bloody knuckles where they would like hit it, hit and hit their knuckles together. Like Neanderthals. Uh, like flinch. And if you didn't move it in time, you'd smack the knuckles. Yeah, pretty much. That's not how we played bloody knuckles for us. It was played with a quarter oh, yep. on the table. Yep. Okay. And you'd spin the, Oh yeah. And the other person would put their knuckles on the table. It, okay. So let me explain a picture for people that don't know. Whatever rule you made that would make you put your hand on the table, you would pretty much close your fist and put your fist flat on the table. And the other person would take a quarter and press it flat up against the table with their thumb and launch that motherfucker across the table yeah. at your knuckles. Okay. And like I had real callous knuckles growing up just through whatever activities. And like it was hard to break skin on my knuckles, but like. I mean, we were going into Ugh. class and it just looked like we fit fist fight <laughs> razor blades. You know? <laughs> like I remember yeah. when that came up, we get we get in trouble for that shit in school, you know? So weird how violent I didn't even think about quarters and like bloody knuckles being a part of this conversation. Well, that's the thing. Like as we're talking, there's stuff that's kind of coming up where you're like, holy crap, we did some shit. Like I, yeah, the list that I have written down like doesn't even include like bloody knuckles. Like I that one is I, such a like that is a weird kid game that we used to play because it was yeah. like, well, we don't have anything except for our hands. And <gasps> I don't want to punch really? you. Like I don't want to fight I, yeah, you. We're fr- we're but friends. We're hurt each other a little bit. And I want to hurt you just this just this yeah. much. And if you like, if you say it, it doesn't hurt at all, you're a liar. But if you like cry about it, you're being a bitch. And that <laughs> was growing up in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> don't be a pussy, crap. Steve. Fucking take it. You Stop lost. <laughs> like I don't want to play that game. Let's go do some tether ball. No, get against the wall. Yeah, yeah, ball <laughs> yeah. Catch this racquetball. <laughs> uh, a big game we used to play as kids, both on the playground and at home, is the ground is lava or the floor is lava. Oh yeah. Classic one where you playground was a lot more fun because you'd have to like jump over and like yeah and they had the monkey in. bars yeah so there, for me it felt like I feel like I played that's funny that you mentioned it like the playground because I didn't even think about that because I feel like I played that game a lot more in the house really? like it wasn't as much of a school game for me as it was like a I'm gonna try to get from the living room to my bedroom oh, yeah and then you would like. Even in the playground version, you would make up these stupid little rules like that little patch on the carpet's a rock because I can't reach the fridge, you know, or like I need to be able to jump from this slide to the seesaw. (laughs) Yeah, I even think about that being like a school game, but you're right. Like we did play that shit on the playground. We're going to start mending into topics that like were played at both like school slash home slash just regular playground you know, I I don't know if you guys had playgrounds out there because I mean it's not like we're on Mars. Yes, we had playgrounds. Even in my concrete playground at the Catholic school, it was still a playground. It just hurt more. And it got real hot. 
in the summer. <laughs> Back in the day, they used to use like sand, like not not sand, like gravel rocks. To, yeah, the pebbles. That was that would be the you know cushion Soft. your fall as you fall instead of the stuff today that are like rubber pellets or which mulch. is horrible. That shit which sucks. Is not good. I'll take the gravel a thousand times over before yeah. that like chopped up tire bullshit that they put on yeah. playgrounds nowadays. Mm-hmm. It smells like shit. It hurts. It rips all the hair out of your legs if you oh, fall on it. Yeah. It's, it's not, not good. It's just not good. Huh. Huh. Uh, so for a home game, a game that we we didn't we couldn't really play at school for me. Uh we played Manhunt a lot um as a child. I think this is the similar game to Nightcrawler that I've talked about. Pretty much. It was yeah. it was a hide and go seek. At night, mm-hmm. always. Yep. We always play at yep. night. So you come out in all your black clothes at like 8.30. You know, it's like it's getting dark on a Friday. Like we're playing Manhunt, you know, and it was it was hide and seek. It, it was just a glorified hide and seek for us. Yeah. But the consequences were dire if you got caught because it was a manhunt. <laughs> and so, like, you ended up getting, like, bodied up when you got caught. Like, we weren't fist fighting each other, but, like, you you got paid. And some, the more I talk about it, the worse it sounds, but it wasn't that bad. This is that what, a- the opposite of what bully kids would say. It's just like, but like for us, like it was just, it was fun, you know, it was hide and seek, but it was not as childish because maybe yeah. it, we played it at dark well, and outside. You're playing at night. Did, did the person who's hunting have a flashlight? Um, did you so guys no. play with those rules? No. When we played, it was all darkness, and it was everyone against like one person. Very rarely we did teams, yeah. um, or you would do variations where like if we caught you, you had to help us find the other people, which turned out to be a bad yeah, idea, especially as kids, because they would steer you in the wrong direction. You know, they'd be like, "I know Timmy's over in this, you know, culvert, but I think I watched him run home." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think he's here anymore. Or, or, yeah. yeah. You'd get the kids who like would stand at home base the whole time. You're like, that's not fair. He's, he's not supposed to just stand at the base, right? It's not how the game is played. Did you guys have home base? Like, like your objective was to make it back to home base before you were caught. Yes. So there was always enough. like a yeah, safe okay. zone, you know, and it was more yeah. than like an ollie ollie oxen free or whatever. No, because that's why we said in tag, right? When you you like yeah, tagged yeah. your friend, um. yeah but yeah we it was like a kind of capture the flag type thing whereas like there was you didn't have to capture i don't know why i said it It was a capture the flag type thing but yes we had like a home base like if you made it back so of course you'd leave like two guys to guard the home base and then you have like your trackers out and about that were flushing people back yeah well yeah i i don't know i i was always like a bigger kid but like I was nimble as fuck in the woods. I still am oh, to this yeah. day. Like you could put me up against someone that could outrun me in a mile by 30 minutes and put me in the woods <laughs> and have us run the same line. And I might beat that dude. <laughs> like I'm yeah. pretty good on my feet. Yeah. If I go down, I'm going to go down hard and I just, it's going to be death. ugly. <laughs> yeah. But like- if I stay up, like I've outran some kids in the woods, you know, running from dogs or whatever the hell you run from in the woods. What wolves? Yeah, <laughs> you're like, you're like spirit, spirit animal time. Oh, I'm in my element. Ooh, 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 for real though, 
yeah, Manhunt was a big one for me. Um, I mean, and w- like, it's hard to think of some of these games because like my childhood was so biased towards organized sports. So like half the time I was yeah. playing with like baseball kids. And even if you go something like, I'm going to just throw it in there because we're going to talk about it. During baseball, there was a game that like if we practiced well or played well, we would get to play as an incentive. And it was a game called Poke It Over. And we played it during baseball practice most of the time. It had its own set of rules where like you would have filters and, but like you could have 10 outfielders and like two guys in the infield. And there was just a point system. If you made it through the infield, one point. If you made it to the outfield and it hits the ground, two points. If you hit the fence, three. If you over the fence, five. You know, but you got three outs. So you could be up there to gain 30 points in this game where you were just killing it. Or your first three hits could be caught and you're out. Like, get in the field. It's 12 or 15 people before you get to play again. And it was one of those games that we didn't play a lot. But when we got to play it, it was like the most fun thing. Because it was still baseball, and you got to practice, but it was like so much fun because it wasn't serious. There was a goal. You got to inadvertently like practice where you wanted to hit stuff, you know? Like, oh, I want to go opposite field, so it's like swing late. And it's not like fast pitch or anything. We're just playing to play. And that was like one of those games that like was real big for me growing up because when we started playing it, it was just like all your days were spent waiting for your coach to be like, all right, boys, let's play some poke it over and in this practice or whatever. And it's just like, hell yeah. We get it, do it. It was better than them being like, run five laps and then go the fuck home. You know? <laughs> just, That's fun. That's a game within a game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're still getting fundamentals, the exercise, the the practice, but it's doing it in a way that's not the normal. Yeah, exactly. Because to us, we were getting to play a game, but to coaches, they were allowing us to do something fun, not so serious while still being able to teach us other aspects of the game that we were trying to better ourselves in. Cause it's still, you're still fielding ground balls and catching, you know, pop-ups and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, you're still doing active baseball things, but you got to fuck around a little more. You got to fuck around with hitting a little more or like mm-hmm. that poke it over was always the time that people would try diving for like, <laughs> you know, everything. <laughs> yeah, we were like yeah. slowing running down so we could speed up at the end slide across the grass and make a epic ass catch you know yeah there's there's it like i said it kind of sucks for me because at one point a lot of my outside games made the transition to sports whether it was you know i didn't practice football a lot out of football but like baseball between wiffle ball and actual baseball Mm -hmm. games that we put together with neighborhood kids and my brother when i was I don't know, seven or eight worked at Kmart and was able to get me a portable basketball goal for like 50 bucks. Didn't matter how he got it, but I got it. I was able to get a portable basketball goal. So like we had a basketball goal at the house and like, that was, that was over. Like we got the basketball goal. It was over. Yeah. I remember using just a street sign uh, for a basketball hoop. Like we would just be like, okay, the no parking sign there, that's the thing. You hit it from this point out, it's worth three points. You, you, you're right there. You slam dunk it. You're yeah. Game. I mean, look, one of the first things that I ever had in my house to like practice basketball is my dad took a milk crate 
oh, yeah. and cut the bottom out of the milk crate and we tied it to a tree and it was a learning experience. Like I could do simple things on it. You couldn't dunk on it. You didn't want to shoot like deep threes on it because the ball would hit too hard, but like layups and stuff you could do. And it wasn't so bad, you know? And that's, that's just like, look, it sounds like I grew up in the fucking hollers <laughs> in Eastern Kentucky, but like, it was just what it was. I, you know, my family didn't, I didn't grow up with tons of money or anything like that. So there were certain things that money got spent on and certain things they didn't. But I eventually got a lot of a lot of the fun shit I had as a child. Not that my parents did a bad job buying me fun shit because I had amazing Christmases. But like a lot of the stuff that I look back at as a child, my brother somehow got for me. My N64, the PS2, the basketball hoop, things that I used a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Justin. Appreciate you. Shout out. Yo. Uh, I mean, I've got a bunch more here on a list. I mean, I feel like we could go on and on, but... Rapid fire this bitch for a couple minutes. We okay. got a couple minutes. Uh, let's see. There's this game I used to play with all my action figures. Uh, my dad kind of brought it to the forefront where, you know, you're, normally you fight with your action figures. Well, my dad would divide them into, okay, if they're superhero, they go this side. If they're a good guy, this side, bad guy, that side. And they would fight. And we called it army attack. And my dad being the D&D guy he was, he'd bring dice into it. He'd bring rulers into it. Oh, he so was, was making a, his own miniatures. Full on. Like, we would take over the living room the basement with just action figures and they would be everywhere because you'd want to defend certain people professor x isn't physically strong but he's one of the stronger characters because he's mentally yeah wiping people out but galactus we gotta hide from that we're gonna have to have your dad on the show aren't we (laughs) maybe um and so that's definitely one game army attack super great one of my favorite fondest memories uh tv show freeze tag where if you got tagged you'd have to freeze somebody would have to crawl between your legs to unfreeze you but then you you'd also have to say a tv show as they're doing it so that's ridiculous uh flintstones just the stupid little i was such a big kid that like crawling under people's legs dude was so tough that's what was fun about it because you'd play with kids who are like I'm in first grade, and you're like, I'm in fifth, and like double your size. I was, but let's it was try like Twister this. for the <laughs> uncomfortableness that I felt playing a game. Because not only yeah. was it just running in general, which I hated doing, still do. Yeah. It was also me having to climb under you. And then <laughs> to, to put it in perspective, in fifth grade, I was like five foot eight, five foot nine, 160 pounds, 70 pounds. And that's fifth grade. The average yeah. height in that class was 410, four, four, yeah. 110 pounds. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But then you throw like uh, something simple like freeze tag is like the only time I ever played actual marbles or pogs was always in school. Like that stuff didn't come home. Yeah. It yeah. was always in school. Between classes. And you're just Between like, hey, classes. what do we got? We've got, I mean. <laughs> Or, or before the next class started, because I remember clearly going to other, like junior high, especially going to different classrooms oh, yeah. to have different class. So, like, okay, we've got like five minutes. Pull out your pogs. Let's do this real quick, or whatever it might be. Or, well, hey, what did you draw today? But that um, next one, King of the Mountain. King uh, of basically, the mountain. always steep ass hill. One person's up top. Come and shove take me everybody down. else down. Sometimes kids got hurt, and we're like, I'm going home. You're like, Yeah, you're a, you yeah. know. <laughs> Bye. Uh, this game i don't recall what it's called but i'm calling it the worm essentially for a sleepover you take a sleeping bag stick it over a kid's thing they try to tag you simply all they have to do is tag you right 
Okay. Well, you're jumping around furniture and stuff, and you're launching shit out of pillows, stuffed animals if you've got nope. them, action figures. Never, never played that one. That sounds fun as fuck, though. <laughs> that was a terrifying game. Yeah, <laughs> because you're just in the darkness while getting see. things. Because like, it starts with pillows and teddy bears, <laughs> and then it ends with cordless phones and VCRs. <laughs> <laughs> was that the remote? Damn it! Did you just whip yeah. me with a cord? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, a game called Jump the Pillow. It's pretty much pillow, uh, a pillow fight. But instead of trying, you know, you both having pillows and just whacking each other, you basically have to skip the pillow. But you're on, you know, mom and dad's uh, king size bed, and you're bouncing, and you just try to take each other out by the legs. Oh, by the legs! Stupid game. Pillow fight got real serious in my household. (laughs) Dude, like knocked unconscious by a pillow. I, I don't know if I've told this story on the show, but one of the first times I ever one of okay, the only time I've ever lost consciousness because of a, a second time. It's the first time I ever lost consciousness. The second time was a baseball, but I used to have this, uh, especially people that grew up in like the South and, and Midwest and stuff. Do you know what Buckeyes are? Like the actual it's seed. A- yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Buckeye pillows were real big when I was growing up. And it was it's like, it was like a sand almost. And if it was like laid flat, like it was real soft, but you could like dump mm. all these Mm-mm. Buckeyes to the bottom Mm-mm. of the pillow. No. And now all of a sudden you have sand in the bottom of a pillow. Oh. So my, me and my brother are like older. Or not older. Uh, my brother and I are like nine years apart. Okay. But I got big early. I was athletic early. So like I could keep up with my brother. My brother, not very athletic, um, but gets by or whatever. So we'd have like epic ass pillow fights. I'm like seven, eight years old. My brother's like 16, 17, you know, <laughs> like, and we're having epic ass pillow fights. And I think at this point, my brother's like 18, maybe 19, which makes me 10 or 11. And, uh, we're having at it. Pillow, pillow, pillow. And the Buckeye pillow off limits. That's my pillow personally. Like that's the pillow I sleep with, but that pillow is off limits. We play with all the other pillows and I take this big swing, fucking clip him, come back down. And as I come back up, I get smacked. And all I know, like, I don't remember hitting the ground. I remember like opening my eyes and all I could see was my brother on his hands and knees scooping all the Buckeyes into a pile because he hit me hard enough to where the pillow just imploded. So like I wake up in a fucking haze, like what what happened? And he's like, mom and dad are coming home and he's scooping all the Buckeyes off the ground. Like I'm on Jupiter and like now I'm missing a pillow. I have no idea what happened. And I know that motherfucker cheated. (laughs) It got serious in our house with pillow fighting. Oh, that's phenomenal. I'd pillow fight someone right now. Like that shit still, I'm still fun with shit like that. Yeah. Like I could easily do something like that right now. If you came over to my house and was like challenge motherfucker, at 31 Let's, years old, I'd be like, we should take this to the yard, you know, because <laughs> like, I'm not breaking shit in my house right now. All right. But I am 100 percent down to, like, go to war with you in this pillow right now. 
hundred percent. What are those guys doing? They're pillow fighting. Oh, in just the the most anger intense pillow fight you've ever seen. It just and escalates like, so quickly. Yeah, because it's you're one uppercut away from getting a bloody nose with a pillow, and it doesn't feel great. Oh, you know, but it's a pillow. But it's, it's a pillow. pillow. You're not. Uh, oh. oh yeah, dude. Let's yeah. go. Like I'm folding pillows into the bottom of my pillowcase. Like we're we're going <laughs> no. ham. I'm Packing I'm corking the bat, dude. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you got a lot more random ones than I do. That's for sure. Uh, and then just general like, um, going outside with fake guns, or if you're like us, growing up with LARP weapons, going outside and just doing fake like, oh, let's go fight the bad guys and shoot them. That oh, kind 100%. of stuff. Or break up into teams and be like, okay, you're this team, we're this team. Cops yeah. and robbers. Basically, yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. cops and robbers, whether we like to admit it or not, was just a a big game of freeze tag, you know, but yeah. there was a goal. It was a goal because you guys were bad guys. And I was a good guy. And you're not going to let me catch you and I'm not going to let you get away. So yeah. <laughs> we're, we're at a real impasse here, bro. You got, you got five seconds to run and I'm coming after you. Yeah. Using super soakers and squirt guns and nerf guns and oh, any dollar rocks. store cheap ones. Like somebody would get that gun and they're like, but I don't want this one. You're like, well, we don't have anything else. Do you have a gun? Well, well that's no. because Timmy down the street brought like an 18 shot <laughs> fucking nerf Gatling gun, <laughs> you know? And you he's just like, gave your little brother like the little pea shooter. And he's like, I don't know where the other darts are. He's like, well, there's not a dart in here. He's like, figure it out. <laughs> The other game that we played on the playground a lot that was like fun for me uh, was a game called Foursquare. You ever oh, play that? Dude, so Foursquare was big was, for us. Man. And, and kind of like wall ball, just not as violent, but it got wild because you were just Ooh. trying to knock people out. And the it's rules. You had to be so close. You know, you were so close. For people that don't know Foursquare, it's literally just four squares on the ground. And everyone's got to stand in one while you're bouncing a dodgeball or kickball back and forth, trying to bounce it and have the other person miss it or mm. hit it off of them. And then they're out. And then last one on the hill wins or last yeah. one in the squares win. Half fun the game. Fun was making up your own school rules. Like we had one called the typewriter where you'd, you'd get somebody squaring you real quick, like a typewriter, you know, or, or the super cherry bomb where you jump up with it and like, as it's yeah. coming down, you just time it just right. So you do a Kamehameha to the ground. Wah! Yeah, just it was like a double jump, but with the ball. Yeah. Like you did. Yeah, that's yeah. I yeah. love those. They, like, there was little, little tricks. Like even back then, like kids were the metagaming. You, you put a little go, spin on yeah. it. So that way it hit and go. Whoo! Yeah, like good luck with this, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you'd all switch. Like if, if you got captain or the lead the guy in the a square out you get to switch into it and switch the rotation mm. did you do that like we you'd have like no i don't know what you're talking it was, about it was like a king of a mountain style where like there's an a b c and d and d is where everybody waits so that's oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 definitely yeah, yeah. So, so you, you had the queue work yeah yes and yeah. then a, yeah exactly everyone rotated the square so like whoever was in the a square had been in the game the longest yeah in theory or at least since the game started, or whatever. It was yeah, that was yeah, the reigning yeah, 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 yeah. champion. Yeah. Um, look four square. Damn, dude. We should get on the playground. It would look real weird, but it would be you got so- you got a small child. We could take him out. We just, 
we bring them along, but it'll just be us playing on the plane. Yeah, the- <laughs> yeah, your kids just in the stroller, sitting by the bench, and we're in the- <laughs> over the- just putting dirt in his mouth. But we're having a hell of a time with some four square <laughs> or playing some horse on the hoop or something simple. Yeah, damn childhood games. There's so many bringing up old memories. Well, before we get too crazy, we are running a bit long, so. Unless you got any more you want to bring up? Nope, that's that's it for now. <laughs> cool. As always, you can find me at RetroNambapod on Insta, Facebook, and Twitch. Uh, you can also get a hold of us at RetroNamaconPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, as always, if you guys like what you hear, please shoot a five-star rating for us on iTunes. Drop a review if you want it read live on show. It does help greatly tell your friends it helps a lot more Mm -hmm. uh other than that uh like rick said at the beginning of the show we got a lot of stuff in the works that we're excited to share with you guys because it's going to be a fun time and with all that said i don't have anything else um serial kilter on most of the socials um facebook page is kind of the great place to go We're, we're sharing things through there we're just having discussions about fun things on there um um that's kind of it for me. So I guess I'll take you, uh, take us out the way we always do. Unless with again, the weird, with the weird question of the week, what would your podcast mascot be? Oof! as always, thank you guys for listening to the retro anomal pod. <laughs> we love you. And we will catch you next week. Good night. Good night.